Super Talk Mississippi media production. Taylor Swift is coming to New Orleans, and Margaritaville Resort Biloxi and Super Talk are giving away a free pair of tickets. For your chance to win, go register now at Margaritaville Resort Biloxi and get your name in for the final drawing from Margaritaville and Super Talk 103.1. Welcome in, everybody, on this Wednesday to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. It's so good to see you on this Wednesday. And a few things, a mixed bag for you today. A few things to talk about in a very short time. First of all, uh, everybody's talking about 11 a.m. kickoffs and stuff like that. You got another one. I know it's it just ruins it just ruins the day. But something happened at the last one. Two things happened at the last one. One. A lot of people watched, and that's a good thing because a lot of people watched Ole Miss win, but it's a bad thing because it means that you got to get used to it. But also, you people responded to the early kickoff time and the challenges and stuff and created, quite frankly, an incredible environment. So you're just going to have to do that more often. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Ole Miss also has a unique challenge this weekend. We'll get into that uh, for a, a second. And finally... Uh, the center issues, the snapping issues, Lane Kiffin on his Monday press conference said that they have uh, possibly found a fix. He didn't guarantee it, but he said they possibly found a fix. And we'll tell you what that is because somebody on social media, whether accidentally or not, uh, gave it away. Yep, we, we know what the fix is at center, and so does Vanderbilt. Now, again, it's it's um, it's center. It doesn't really change much about how you scheme but still we got a clue on what that is so we will go over all of that today right here on this edition of the rebel report podcast if you have not already if you're listening in browser you shouldn't pull up pull out your phone pull up your favorite podcast app whichever one that you use at this point just pull it up and search rebel report subscribe to the podcast and if you like what you hear leave a rating and a review also follow me on social media twitter facebook and youtube michael borky subscribe to my youtube channel follow me on twitter like my facebook page all under the same name i would appreciate that very much all right the morning kickoff thing so we talked about it a lot after we knew that kentucky was going to be 11 a.m and it it does suck. It, and when we've gone through that, it ruins the environment. It ruins your day. It makes it hard to get there, things like that. However, the numbers justified the decision from the networks. I uh, I tweeted the, uh, the, the graphic from every measured college football game from Saturday out there. And Ole Miss and Kentucky was the fourth most watched game of the weekend in the top four. Most watched college football games this past Saturday, three of which were not in quote-unquote prime time. Two of the four started at 11 a.m. Central, so here's what they are. Alabama-Arkansas was number one. They drew 5.8 million viewers. NC State-Clemson, that was Saturday night. That drew 4.7 million viewers on ABC. Fox with Michigan and Iowa, that's their big noon kickoff. Just under 4.2 million viewers. And in third, Kentucky Ole Miss, 2.8 million people, which, by the way, that number will be bigger than the Egg Bowl. 2.8 million people watched Kentucky Ole Miss. Yes, that means LSU-Auburn, the SEC game with the big brands and all that stuff that started at 6 o'clock Central, drew slightly, ever so slightly, drew fewer 
viewers than Ole Miss Kentucky did. And that doesn't happen all that often. Usually the 11 a.m. SEC game does not outperform the 6 o'clock game. That, that's uh, atypical. This is not usually how it works out. It might work out that way this week, uh, considering what is on at 11. But Alabama, Texas A&M is, is at night, so never mind. But this is atypical. This is not exactly normal, and it means a couple of things. First of all, it means quite simply that the network's got this right. I feel like if you flipped LSU-Auburn and Ole Miss-Kentucky, LSU-Auburn would have not drawn the same number that Ole Miss-Kentucky did. I think if you flipped them, it would have been worse. And so what they created was a full day's worth of consistent audience, and that is very valuable to them. They don't just want to do good at 7 o'clock Eastern. They want to do good at noon, 2.30, and 7 o'clock Eastern. They want an audience to be as consistent all day as possible. And so for them, for the networks, they made the right decision. It also means that you are a draw. Now, Kentucky is as well because they hyped up Will Levis. It was a top 10 team playing on the road in the SEC. So the Kentucky side is also attractive. It's a good story in college football. But this means that you are too. Are you a big brand like LSU and everybody's obsessed with brands and the networks are obsessed with brands because they do draw numbers? No, but you do draw. Ole Miss is valuable uh, to to these networks, clearly. Lane Kiffin is exciting. He he draws the casual viewers. 2.7 or 2.8 million people at 11 a.m. going up against Michigan big brand at Iowa is a significant thing. That is meaningful, and it shows that you are valuable. Number three, it also, I think you prove to yourselves that you can create an electric environment despite not having all day to tailgate. Uh, Lane Kiffin in his Monday press conference, for all the criticism he gave his fans after the Tulsa game, he directly attributed the crowd to multiple Kentucky penalties, including one that wiped the touchdown off the board that would have been the go-ahead touchdown deep, deep, deep in the fourth quarter. So it, it says those three things. It says that the, the network got it right and they're going to continue doing this. I, I hate to tell you that they are pumped that it went down like this and they're going to continue scheduling like this because Ole Miss at 11 a.m. was a success. It was. And, and, and that's unfortunate because that means you're going to keep getting 11 a.m. games. It's just how it is. So it, it means the networks are going to continue to put emphasis on these 11 o'clock games. They're going to continue to schedule decent matchups at 11 a.m. They're going to try to maximize the all-day audience as much as they possibly can, which means good games are going to get put at 11 o'clock. It means you are a draw. It means people want to watch you. It means you are developing yourselves into a national brand. You're not there yet. You're not LSU yet. You're not Clemson yet. No, but but you are valuable to them. I promise you they see these numbers and they're excited. And three, it showed that you are capable, as frustrating and as annoying as it is, of making the game day experience for a morning kickoff in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium one that is impactful on games. And that's a big deal. The crowd looked good on television. It sounded good on television. Your coaches, your players have all said that you had an Im- a direct impact on the game. It looked incredible. And the Grove after a win 
when you pick up all of your your catering at in the Grove at that three o'clock is also a pretty sweet way to spend your day. So it's not the worst thing. You just you you make your plans for after the game instead of before the game. Just post game tailgate instead of pregame tailgate, and you'll be just fine. So it, I think it's significant. I mean, I think it means a lot for you and your brand and your football team. I think it means a lot about you, the fans, and the environment you created. And I think it means that you and, and everybody else in the SEC are going to have to get used to these because it works. It very clearly works. Again, three of the top four most watched college football games this weekend were not in prime time. Two of the top four started at 11 a.m. Central, and another one of the top four started at 2.30. The the, the day games work. They, they just simply work. And uh, sadly, you're going to have to do this again next week with Auburn. But you did it once. Go do it again. Create that environment again. You are clearly capable of doing that. Your team's going to be 6-0 and and in the top 10 going into that game. You can deliver the kill shot on Auburn. It'll probably be therapeutic considering the absolute garbage that has been talked about by the SEC's quote-unquote expert leading, the most promoted expert paid for by the SEC network, the garbage that he has spewed this week. The garbage that I read on On3, not the Ole Miss On3 site, National On3, the garbage that I read there, uh, it's all related to Auburn, and, and that'll probably be therapeutic. So just create that environment again. You are clearly capable of doing that even for morning games, so just go do it again. This podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website. If you or your business are located Anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi, and you're in the uh, and you are in the market for office technology, anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage, data security, phone systems, whatever it is. If it's tech, if it's in the office, and you or your business need it, and you are located anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi, absms.com Advantage Business Systems has you covered. If you tell them I sent you, you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need, what your budget is, they'll give you an assessment on me, ABSMS. So the challenge this weekend for Ole Miss, it is it is hard for me to call Vanderbilt a challenge. It is uh, because of the roster talent discrepancy that exists between you and them. It is quite evident. It is quite obvious. Ole Miss is a more talented football team than Vanderbilt. No doubt. But I think two things are true in this game. One, Vanderbilt has obviously improved. They are. Clark Lee's done a really nice job there. Uh, he he did a, a kind of a risky thing and in, in benched his somewhat veteran, his his captain team leader quarterback that he brought to SEC media days uh, for, for A.J. Swan. And A.J. Swan has served his team well so far. He's got six touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, not the runner that Mike Wright is, uh, but looks like a more capable passer for whatever that may be worth. They've got a decent little running back in Ray Davis. They've got a wide receiver that they seem to like in Will Shepard. I mean, Vanderbilt, uh, they've got wins that Vanderbilt teams in years past, last year, the year prior, wouldn't have won. I mean, they look, Hawaii's very bad, but they were impressive that day. They they look more confident, more physical, uh, they're they're well coached for the most part. You know they they have wins over NIU, who gave Kentucky fits. By the way, 
Kentucky only beat NIU by a touchdown. Vanderbilt beat them by two. Uh, they are very clearly an improved football team. Now, if Ole Miss shows up and plays well, then it won't matter. But still, Vanderbilt is improved. They are competent. They are capable. They are well-coached. They just severely lack the talent. The challenge, in my opinion, for Ole Miss this weekend is can you get up and play sharp again, especially for four quarters? Because they have not played a complete football game. Okay, I say that. That's that's not true. They played a pretty complete game at Georgia Tech. But finishing games has been an issue for this team through five games. Troy, it's hard to get anything from Central Arkansas. Uh, Tulsa and Kentucky offensively, in the second half, execution, whether it was because they were vanilla or whatever, still, they did not, they were not productive. They didn't move the football. They didn't execute well in the second half of the majority of their season, the overwhelming majority of their season. So, coming off of an emotional win like the one they just had, a crazy game, the game that everybody was pointing to, this is the game for Old Miss. We're going to learn so much about Kentucky. The coach even called the four games leading into Kentucky preseason games and you win and it's crazy, it's emotional, it's wild, and then you have got to find a way to get back up and play Vanderbilt in a sleepy environment where your fans will be half of the fans that are in a a stadium that won't be close to full. So a pretty sleepy environment, a team that you're better than, it's going to be a challenge to to get them up to play well, especially to play well for four quarters. Now, I think they are certainly capable of doing that. I have a feeling that what happened with Georgia this past weekend is something that they were they have been emphasizing in film and meetings and stuff. The hey, look, if you screw around even against these teams that you're supposed to be better than, look at what happens. It takes late fourth quarter heroics for Georgia to beat a bad Missouri team. That can be you, too. Don't let that be you. I imagine that's a major message for them this week. I I expect them to have their attention and and all that, but that's a challenge for Ole Miss this week, too, to come down off of that high and then get back up to play a game in a sleepy environment against a team that you are uh, definitely better than. But I'm really curious to see if, if they're able to turn in four quarters of execution and good football offensively. Uh, of course, there's a couple injuries to to keep in mind with Zach Evans. I mean, he did play last week, but what does he look like? Is he healthy? Uh, Kari Coleman, um, you know, I've heard that he could play. You know, maybe they hold him out because of the opponent or, or, or keep his snaps down. Maybe that's something that uh, happens moving forward. We shall see. Uh, Lane Kiffin in his press conference talked about Flash Robinson, and, and he's healthy now, so it's time for, for him to contribute that's been one disappointing part of this Ole Miss team is uh, a couple of guys that they signed to be like these slot burners just have not been effective yet. It's It's been Mingo, it's been Heath, and that's it. Um, Michael Trigg has been a disappointment so far uh, this season, and he's young. You know, He's got a lot of learning to do. It deserves a little grace there, but they need somebody like Jalen Robinson. If he's healthy now, like Kiffin said, to come in and, and play and, and be – effective the way they signed him to be but either way that's the challenge that that is facing Ole Miss this weekend I'm not going to do like keys to the game or anything like that uh quite frankly I feel a little silly doing it in games where they're three touchdown favorites uh to me it's more about them 
taking care of themselves because they're better at every position than Vanderbilt. All they have to do is show up and play well and execute, and they will win this game. That's it. So there's your keys to the game right there. Uh, show up and execute, and, and you win comfortably. That So everything this week that I and you should be watching for center around completely and totally around Ole Miss and how they play and how they approach this. That's the challenge, though, getting them up for this week. Um, I expect them to be able to, but that that is the thing to watch for. Is is exclusively how Ole Miss plays their their energy level, their physicality, their execution. Wouldn't be surprised if they they let Jackson Dart sling it around a little bit as well, just to continue to get him more comfortable and try to figure out who that number three wide receiver could be. But I, I've heard from a lot of you, Ole Miss fans are going to be well represented there for whatever that's worth. Maybe that will help uh, give them a little bit of juice in an otherwise sleepy environment. Before we get to the center situation or the snapping situation, this podcast is also brought to you by LBs just across from Kroger on University Avenue right there in Oxford. Ole Miss is on the road this week. If you're not making the short trip to Nashville, you're sticking around, you should be cooking with meat. If you're going to do that, there's only one place to go, and that's LBs. Again, just across from Kroger on University right there in Oxford. Uh, They also have daily lunch specials Monday through Friday, so if you don't feel like doing the cooking, they'll do it for you at lunch hour, but they've got the best selection of meat in this state. They really do. I I mean, I I tell you guys all the time, I live in the Jackson area. There's no selection, no meat market, no meat counter, like the one that they've got at uh, at LB's there in Oxford. When you go tell Greg and the good people there I sent you, they will hook you up. That is LB's just across from Kroger and University, the best place to get your meat in this state. All right. So Lane Kiffin said in his press conference, he was asked about snaps. There was, um, he made reference to the fact that there were a couple of things offensively that there were reads that were there that were able to be made, plays that would have been made. And then he said he wanted to get onto Jackson about it. And then he would, you know, watch the play and realize, you know, he can't make the read because he's too busy having to field ground balls uh, with the snap. So the, he insinuated that there were a lot more. Uh, plays that could have been made had there been decent snaps. That was a huge issue for Ole Miss Saturday. It really stagnated their offense. They have to get something done quickly. And in the press conference, he said that you know they tried something new and and we'll see if it works. They they think they may have found a fix for it. Well, uh, Ole Miss football on uh, on social media put a bunch of pictures out there of practice. One of which was Nick Broker snapping the football. So is the fix quite simply they're moving broker from guard to center and they're going to do a little bit of shuffling. Uh, Mason Brooks can play guard. He has demonstrated that. They have established some young depth at tackle, which should make them a little bit flexible with what they do at guard. And, you know, they can move Acker back to his natural position. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe this is maybe this is the solution. Uh, maybe Nick Broker is able to handle it. I imagine, you know, physically, obviously he's able to handle it. Uh, mentally, I assume he's also able to handle it. He's played a lot of football, a lot of SEC football. And so the transition probably isn't all that difficult for somebody at his age and experience level. It's all about getting the snaps, though. I mean, the amount of times that they had, according to their coach, a snap that derailed a play is unsustainable. So they've got to fix it. And they, they accident. I don't know if it was accident or not, but uh, they accidentally revealed that that is going to be Nick Broker. At least he was taking snaps in practice this week. So that's something to keep an eye on, just if the snaps are better. Uh, Jackson Dart 
I mean, you you cannot run a zone read timing based offense when your snaps are at your feet the overwhelming majority of the time. So we'll see if that move works. You know, revealing that doesn't really change anything from Vanderbilt's perspective. So it's not like they were stupid for not keeping that secret. It changes nothing, but it's still something to keep an eye on this weekend in Nashville. So thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back with two questions on Friday. Again, doing keys and stuff this week feels a little a little silly considering the talent discrepancy, but we'll talk about this game nonetheless next time you hear from me. So thank you for tuning in, and I'll talk to you again uh, on Friday. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.